been a while since I've been up here, so I'm going to intentionally speak slower this morning. Okay, so that none of you give me those blank looks of what did he just say. Okay, if anything, you can just absolutely make a default towards his speaking in tongues. And I need a translator, which is the Holy Spirit. Amen? So, <clears throat> time-wise, I kind of felt like Byron, so I'm going to try to keep it within, between the ditches as much as I can there, Byron. There might be some parts I'm about to accelerate, and you guys might just have to dig in the Word and see what the Holy Spirit shows you. So, um, <clears throat> so when I was asking the Father what he had for us, right? And all I say for us, because if the word does not call me first, then I should not deliver that word. Okay? That's the agreement that I have with the Father, which is if it's not part of my life, then maybe I should not be sharing it because it's all theoretical at that point, right? Rather than an experiential thing that you actually walk through. And then you can actually get to hopefully impart it to people, you know, at the same time. So, um, <clears throat> so the, fa- the father's really funny, right? Just say, Father, what do you have for today? He goes, I am. <laughs> like, that's it? <laughs> I am? And, uh, <clears throat> but thank, thank the father that he didn't stop there, okay? So, that's what that's the word I have for you today. I am. Now, how this comes for okay, this is going to be an adventure for both of us. Because I've never preached from this side of things at all. Okay, so this is, yes, I've experienced it. But at the same time, I'm like, Lord, I, I don't know that I've ever had a word like this, which is such an unusual word to be able to give. So, he started talking to me about the life of Moses, first of all. Okay, here's this man that the Lord hid his life first of all, right? He was hidden intentionally by the Lord for plans and purposes that the father had from the very beginning, even before Moses was ever born. Because it does say in Jeremiah, right? I know the plans that I have for you. You want to finish the rest of it? Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a Future. So keep that in mind as we'll talk about going through this Moses part. Okay. So he gets raised up as a prince in Egypt. This Hebrew man. Right. So talk about, talk about a culture shift for him. Right. He's, he's Jewish, Hebrew guy, but he's a prince in Egypt. Right. He happens to see one of his fellow brothers being mistreated. An Egyptian soldier, right? And what does he do? He takes action and kills him. And in the process, he does what? He makes a run for it. Okay? Because at that point, Pharaoh is ready to kill him. So he makes a run for it. And if you were to picture that, if you were to go, whenever I read the word, I try to go back. And put myself in the story. Ask the Holy Spirit. Help me be in the story. Let me see what he's looking at. And just think about your own life. And things that you've experienced yourself. Okay. Places where you failed. Okay. 
and all those things. And just think about what that place is like when you're walking through it. And here's Moses in this spot. He just murdered somebody. Okay, the one person that he had favor with, he's lost favor with the person. This person's actually going to kill him. So he's making a run for it. He's somewhere in the desert, right? And meets a very humble man. Okay. Now, this is all part of God's plan. So I'm not going to dwell on that too much because I know most of you read that story plenty of times, hopefully. So fast forward. He's a shepherd, right? He's this guy went from being a prince to taking care of goats and sheep. Okay. I mean, you talk about the journey and adventure of life. Talk about, I know the plans that I have for you to give you a hope and a future. Sure, that don't look like an hope and a future at that moment. Okay. So, he runs into a burning bush. And I don't know how many of you, when you look at a burning bush, your first instinct is go, let me go check it out. African instincts kick in right away. I'm going the opposite direction. Okay, that's a phenomenon. I don't even know. I don't even want to find out about it. I'm out of here. See her. But Moses is actually pulled. Something in him pulled him so strongly that he said, let me go and investigate. He gets there and the burning bush starts speaking to him. Okay, you got to love the Bible. Okay, a voice comes out of the burning bush. Okay, and you know the story of what the Lord was talking to him about at that moment. So we're going to fast forward a little bit. So this is the very first place you hear the Lord talk about himself in a manner that is really confusing. And it was very confusing for Moses. So I'm going to go ahead and read it out so that you you don't feel like this is just my own words. This African just saying some words that is truly in your scriptures. It says about more. Okay. Fast forward a little bit. This is where Moses is actually being commissioned. And he's making a protest, right? He's arguing with the Lord saying, surely this cannot be. Okay? He, he gives every single excuse possible of why he's not even qualified to be in part of what God has planned for him, right? This future the Lord has for him. But he's protesting because he feels like there is no way, okay, with his timidity, his shyness, and with his so-called lack of speech, right? Because he said that he was stuttering, right? And when first of all, he says, he's starting from verse, this Exodus 3, 7, from verse 11, it says, but Moses protests to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? You get it? Who am I to be, not just think about it, the Lord's about to send him back to the same place that he ran away from. Talk about a sense of humor. Okay? He's like, I, you know, because I'll be sitting there going, Lord, wait a minute, I just ran... For my life. You want me to go back into the lands then? How's this a hope on the future for me? Okay. All right. So he goes on. Verse 12. It says, God answered, and I'll be with you. And this is your sign that I'm the one who has sent you. When he have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested more. Okay. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors have sent you to me, I mean, they sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God replied to Moses, 
I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, that I am has sent me to you. Period. Okay. You put yourself in these shoes. Okay, you go show up to your family like, listen, I'm here to deliver you. And I've been sent by the God of heaven. Okay, the same God that you way back when of Abraham. And I'm here to give you his message and deliver you. What was his name? I am. Who I am. Okay. So I want you to think about that part. So let's touch on what I felt like the Lord, the Holy Spirit was taking me towards. So here's Moses. His encounter with the Lord. Okay. Of him first experiencing who the Father is. He experiences him as I am. Okay. The burning bush. This consuming fire that doesn't seem to consume the bush itself. He gets a commission from the Father of where he's supposed to go. So, in his experience with the Father is a lot different from the Israel's experience that they're going to have with the Father. So, to, to Moses, God himself was going to start defining a particular personal relationship with him. That will look very different than the children of Israel have that kind of relationship with the Father. It will look completely different. And I'm going to get some over this point. That's what I'm saying. I've never preached from this side. So here's Moses already having this experience with the father. And he can see, okay, he gave me his name. I am who I am. I can definitely tell he's a holy God. Okay, he's a consuming fire that doesn't seem to consume the things that he touches. Then fast forward a little bit, okay? And here's Moses. This is still in the same journey of actually understanding and experiencing the Father himself, okay? When you look at Exodus, starting here, 34, this is for 6 through 7. And this is when Moses was with the Father. And I'm not going to go through the whole entire story because time was I got to Eat up that time and not go through all the things I was thinking I could be going through. So he goes on. Okay, starting from verse 6, he says, The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I'm slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. A lovish, unfailing love to thousands of generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon the children and the grandchildren. And, I mean, the grandchildren, the entire family is affected. Even children in the third and fourth generations. Okay. So, when you just read that part, right? God is absolutely... Allow himself to be seen and understood by Moses in a different way. Okay? In a different way. So, when you picture, when you look at the overall picture, okay? Here's Moses has been sent by the father after experiencing one part of the father to the children of Israel because they've cried out. Okay? 
They're in trouble. They've cried out. And he's finally sending a deliverer. So the question is that I have for you guys. In your encounter that you had with I am, what has that been like? Number one. Okay. In your encounter that you've had with I am, what has that been like? And the second part, he sends you out. How do people experience I am through you? Lord, help me. Can I say that again? Moses' experience with the Father in that personal manner was in one way, right? When he came to the children of Israel to deliver them, the same expression, the same Father that he had encountered was being expressed differently through Moses. The people were experiencing the Father in a different manner. So in your encounter that you had with I am, that experience you had in your own personal private time, okay, nobody else is there. When he sends you out, what kind of expression do the people see of I am in you? So, to the children of Israel, they experienced I am as the deliverer through Moses. Moses experienced God as the all-consuming fire, full of unfailing love, full of sea, forgiving sin and iniquity, right? They experienced him in such a power. The children of Israel were experiencing that same I am as a deliverer, pulling them out of bondage that they were in. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. Let's fast forward a little bit. Okay. Let's talk about Jesus himself. Right? He's Jesus. Coming from heaven. Being with the Father. Knows the Father in all his glory. In all his power. Okay. Knows the Father with the full experience of unfailing love. He comes to the earth, and the expression of the Father through him to us was a who? A redeemer, right? The one who's going to set the captives free. That was the expression that came through him of what the Father intended, so that we can see that part and experience the Father through that part. If you look at King David's life, right, his personal experience with a father was different than the expression that came through him of what the citizens of Israel experienced, the father through King David. He was a warrior, right? He was a man of war. He went and defeated all of Israel's enemies. Okay? 
all of his enemies. So the expression of the father that came through King David was a man of war. Okay, to go and defeat all the enemies of Israel. Okay. If you look at King Solomon, right? He's this man that is born at the time where there's no more war. So the expression of the father threw him from the, from the glory of the experience that he had with the Lord in the temple. Right? Glorious. The expression that the father came for the citizen of Israel to experience was a man of what? Peace. So the question I have for you again, in your experience with the Father, what kind of expression is coming through that people are experiencing of the Father himself? Is this making sense? It's not one of those fiery messages. It's just one of those contemplative kind of messages, right? That's what I'm saying. I've never preached from this. I'm normally like, I just want to preach fire all the time. I want to see people get struck by the fire of God, lightning flying everywhere, people flying off the seats, you know, <laughs> having thought, thought heaven encounters. But I've never preached a contemplative message like I'm preaching it. And you guys have to think about it in the same manner. So, And it's interesting that uh, as if I was telling the people back there, like, you know what? Sometimes, you know, I'll give you all these scriptures. I might not use all of them. Because when I'm up here, the Holy Spirit goes, nope, I want you to go this way. Nope, I want you to go that way. That nice meandering river. Okay. That, that, you you got to love that meandering river, that river, right? You know, that scripture... That says we are who? The fragrance. We're like what? The fragrance to the perishing. Have you thought about that part? We're the fragrance of Christ to the perishing. Like, just think about the beauty of what is being saved by Holy Spirit at that moment in that scripture. What is the expression of I am in you? That the world is experiencing. Because he desires that part. God limited himself in Moses. Moses had an encounter with the living God. God limits himself and says, I want to send you to my people as a deliverer. Because I want them to experience me as their deliverer through you. He could have done it himself. He could have just gone right over Moses. And did himself. But he limited himself and said, no, I want to express it through you. Okay? All the crazy plagues that happened. I mean, I'm sure Moses was experiencing something profound himself. Like he's probably going, I don't know what I've seen. I am this way. So it's going both ways, not just one way. Moses was still experiencing the father. He saw him one manner and then this time he saw him in a different manner. As he goes... As he's being sent, the fragrance of the Father is just permeating through the camps of Israel. 
as the mighty deliverer. They get to the Red Sea. Right? And there's a panic, man. The Egyptian soldiers are coming full force. The Lord steps in. And I'm sure that poor Moses is like, what am I supposed to do? I can't go this way. I can't go back that way. You know, the Egyptians, are, soldiers are coming pretty fast. The Lord shows up in a different manner. And God looks at Moses and says, why are you waiting for me? I don't, have you ever read that part? Which is kind of hilarious. Why are you waiting? What do you mean, what am I waiting for you? What am I going to do? But that should give you a little clue that Moses about to experience the father in a whole different manner. That he's never experienced him. With his people. Not just single and this time by himself, but with his people. And then boom. Parts the Red Sea. I'm sure he's walking through there going, I, mm, oh Lord, I, mm, mm. You know, never seen this before. This is definitely different from the burning bush. Totally different from the burning bush. I'm walking through dry ground with walls of water on either side. Ain't it interesting how... Actually, I'm doing pretty good with time. Because I'm almost done, actually. Don't you find it interesting that when you read the life of Jesus, the expressions that he gives of himself of I am? Like, seriously, I am? Like, so let's see. The woman of the world, right? The woman. Okay, obviously you know the taboo about the Samaritans, right? From the Jewish people. So here's Jesus at the well with this Samaritan woman. The disciples are going to go get food. They come back and they're like mystified. Like how can this be? Right? At that very moment, this woman is having an experience with I am that she's never had before. Right? She encounters Jesus in a manner... Jesus himself, who's I am. And I'm going to read that part maybe sometime if I have some time. But he experiences Jesus as a man that knows all her secrets. When she goes and reports what she encounters, she goes, come and do it. See and meet a man that what? Knows everything about my life. Think about that encounter that she has and think about how he came through and how those people started experience Jesus for the first time through her. She opens her mouth and preaches our message. And Jesus shows up and what happens to the whole entire village? They get saved. What is the expression of I am in you? What does that look like to the world? When you have that encounter, how does that come out? How are they experiencing the Father through you from the experience that you've had with the Father yourself? How's that coming through you? Because that's the Father's desire. He's living himself so that you, not only when you experience him, but the walk and experience him through you. Which is amazing about it. That he wants us to be part 
or people experiencing who he is. Not separate, but with us, together. Ooh, Lord, help me. Ooh-wee. Oh, sweet Lord, yes. Sweet, sweet Lord, yes. So the disciples, right, encounter Jesus in a manner where Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Right? When you see the expression of them encountering that light of the world, think about the book of Acts and think about all the places that they've been. And the fragrance of Christ that was coming through them as the light bearer. Then when they would show up at a place, the light of God would show up in that same place as well. Through them. Through them. Like Jesus came and he put his disciples aside. He said, move out of the way. I'm the light bearer. I'm going to reveal myself here. No, he said, I'm going to reveal myself through you. To the people that are perishing. That you go and become one. The light of the world. What is the expression when you can I am? What does that look like when it comes through you? What do people see? What do they encounter? Lord. Hopefully we're getting somewhere. This is a very contemplative message. Uh, you know, and the, and the good thing is I'm not even nervous one bit. Usually I'm like shaking up here, man. Because I'm like, how's this? I go, I don't know how it's going to come out. But but just somewhere in my heart, I have so much peace knowing that the, the Father's going to do what he wants to do. And, and I don't have to be in this place where I have to try to figure it out. But I do want to cooperate and listen, though. You know, that part is important. So, I want to finish with this one. So, this one actually got from, uh, thank God for Google. And thank God for the people that absolutely go out of their way to post all this nice knowledge that you can use. Okay. So, I got this off of this website. I was like... How nice, you know, it's only one place. Lord bless the person that did this. It's amazing. Okay. So he says, here are the seven metaphorical I am statements found in John's gospel. Okay. And I'm not going to read all the other paragraphs. I'm sure Paul might. No, I didn't put it up there. I didn't give it to you, Oliver. My bad. Just let it marinate. All right, it says, I'm the bread of life. Okay. I'm the bread of life. 
So in this particular chapter, Jesus establishes a pattern that continues through John's gospel, right? Jesus makes a statement about who he is. And he backs it up with something that he does. Okay? In this case, Jesus says that he's the bread of life. Just after he fed 5,000 in the wilderness. I want to let, I'm going to let that sink in a little bit. Okay? Because sometimes when we read through the gospel, we kind of miss that part. Okay? He talked about after. Because, and he... And he was comparing to the manna too, right? That, that, was, that the Israelites faced and were fed for 40 years. Can you imagine 40 years? Eating wafers? <laughs> Talk about a struggle. If you got kids that go, oh, mom, again? Wafers? We just had that last night for dinner. Yeah, get over it. You know, and the amazing part was like nobody among them was what? Feeble, sick, or weak. They're eating the same thing for 40 years. Now we freak out. We just eat potato chips for like a month, which, yeah, actually that's not a good knowledge yet. All right. <laughs> so move on to the next part. It says, I'm the light of the world. Okay. I am the light of the world. And I want you to think about those I am statements. I am. Okay, Moses hears, I am who I am. Jesus shows up and he starts using the same phrase, I am. Okay. And as a matter of fact, there's this one spot when he talks about I am, the, the Pharisees wanted to kill him because he knew exactly what he was saying. Okay, this is John 8, 50 through 59, but I'm not going to read the whole thing, Oliver. You can just blow up 58. You know, Jesus answered, okay, he's going through this Abraham thing, you know, um, and, and he says, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was, was even born, I am. They flipped out. They just totally flipped out. They're like, okay, that's it. You're a demon possessed, man. You're done. We're about to kill you now. Because you know, that's a pretty bold statement. But the same I am that Moses encountered was the same I am that was standing before all those Pharisees. As the expression of the Father. Okay, let's move on. Okay, I'm the light of the world. This second, this second of Jesus, I am statements in John's gospel comes right before he heals a man born blind. Jesus not only says he's the light, he proves it. He doesn't just say it, he actually proves it. Okay? Jesus' words and actions echo Genesis 1-3. As God said, let there be light, and there was light. Okay? I am the door. Whew. My goodness. This I am statement stresses that no one can enter the kingdom of heaven by of heaven by any other means than Jesus Christ himself. Jesus' words in this passage are couched 
in, in, imagine, in, a, in an imagery of a sheepfold. He's the one and only way to enter the fold. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold or the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber, period. Then he goes and says, I'm the shepherd. Okay. And I'm not going to read that one for the sake of time. The other one is, I'm the resurrection and the life. Absolutely. I am the resurrection and the life. Can anybody guess when he made that statement? It was before what? Before Lazarus. He says it to Mary. I am the resurrection. I mean, Mary just weeping. She's beside herself. If you were here just four days before, just if you were here before that, this man will still be alive. So she's going to have this mixture of she, she's mad at Jesus, but she loves Jesus at the same time. So she's in this weird mixture. None of us have been there before, right? Okay. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Oh. We just sleep. All right, just kidding. All right, here we go. Okay, this is before Lazarus. The last one. The second last one somewhere in there. Well, there's a few more, but it says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Okay. Whew. You guys can, I'll leave that one. I'll just leave, I'll let that speak for itself. I'm the true vine. Now, that is so filled with so many things in there. It tells you where your sustenance comes from, right? Like the Jamaicans would say, the sustenance. Okay? The sustenance. Like, it carries a different meaning. Okay? Like, a different thing in it. Like, it's the very place you get all your power. It's the same, the very place you get all your nutrition. Not some of your nutrition. All of your nutrition. Without that particular vine, we are dead. Period. There is no life in us. Whew. So the last thing that I want to finish with. Look at that, Byron. I did great. <laughs> you got to understand. I mean, I can be real long-winded. It's been a long time coming. There's times I look about, Byron. I'm sorry. That was 55 minutes long. When I looked on the website, I said, oh, poor people. <laughs> they got to listen to me for 55 minutes. So, I want to finish with this part. When you think about the life of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you go through Moses, you go through Samuel, right? You go through all that. Like, when you go through the history that is in the Bible, and you see all these people that I've mentioned so far. There's many. They've had their own encounters with I am. Right? They went forth from that encounter and had an expression that was very real of the father that he wanted to express to them for the world to experience. And I hear the Lord saying to us, have that experience that I am so that that way when you are going out, when he sends you out, they can see and smell that same fragrance that is of the Father. It might look like a different expression, but you never know that day who you're supposed to be for that person. You could be that bread of life that they're looking for. You could be that healer that they're looking for. You could be that light that they're looking for because they're in darkness. 
So when you go out, what is the father asking you to reveal about him to that person that might be in front of you? That's where that prophetic stuff comes in that is so vital. Okay, and the prophetic for, it sounds really fancy, but I can give a small definition. The prophetic is just you hearing the father's voice and doing what? Speaking that. That's really it. Let's not overcomplicate it. And if you notice, the father continuously speaks encouragement to us. That's part of the prophetic. Continuously encouraging us by his Holy Spirit. Empowering us every single day, whether you're having a good day or bad day. The same power still resides in you in either spectrum. So who does the father want you to be when you go out and you're expressing the father's heart to that person in front of you? You hear his voice and it could be something that simple. Like uh, God gave me an opportunity to go speak at a, at a men's thing at Mr. David Guider's church. And it's like a man's breakfast. So the night before I get this name, Kevin. And I was like, oh, the father, I'm like, who's Kevin? Like, I don't even know a Kevin. The father knows, I know a Kevin. Okay. <laughs> Who do I need to know about Kevin? I will let you know tomorrow when you get there. I'm like, what? <laughs> you tell me Kevin then, what? Okay. So lo and behold, I get there. The first two people that I meet. One name is Jim. The other one is Kevin. First people made it. I've never, I didn't even know there was Kevin in that room. And I said, Yo, Mickey, so what do you have for Kevin? I shook his hand and I'm like, and the father said, no, no, you're actually going to give it to him when you start sharing the message. I was like, well, what if he doesn't like that part? Maybe he's extremely shy. I don't know. I felt like Moses, you know, you're trying to make every excuse because you're like, what if I'm wrong? Like, that's really the truth, Right. What if what you're saying, the guy goes, no, you're crazy. I don't know nothing about that part. <laughs> See, Lord, you set me up. But the Lord gave me a word for him. And as I was delivering the word, he got really teary-eyed, right? He sat straight up in his seat, and he's looking at me. And I'm going, Father, he's look, he looks at me like he's not sure who's this guy with an accent. Seems to know something about my life and blah, blah, all this other stuff. After the meeting. He got up. He, he he booked it. He was gone. <laughs> I said, "Well, Lord, that went well." <laughs> I don't. I have no idea how Kevin is doing, but God's grace will figure it out later. Maybe I said, "Lord, you gotta help me because I don't know." <laughs> you know what I mean? And he was shaking his head like a grin, but I think he was just so shaken. He, that, that he had an encounter with the father at that moment that he was not expecting in that manner. You know? So, amen? So that's what the father gave me, man. I don't have anything else to share other than that. So, but... Amen. All right, I'm going to pray and just ask the Father just to really awaken what is already inside of you. Amen? Because each one of you have the Father in you. You have Jesus in you. You have Holy Ghost in you. So if you don't mind standing up and just lay your hand on your belly, like right here. Okay. Father, 
in the name of Jesus. The greater I am. I ask you there will be an awakening. Of what you've already deposited in each one of us. Oh. Don't take this the wrong way. This is exactly what I just saw. I saw an angel. Fire angel with a sword. And he just went. Into your bellies. Father let it be so. We just release. Start an angel father right now. To go forth and just. Pierce your fiery sword deep down into our souls, deep down into our spirits. And break an awakening, Lord. Bring a deep awakening that we will absolutely tap into operating in the mind of Christ. That the words of our mouth and the meditations of how will be pleasing to you. That as we speak it, it will be the very heaven that is speaking forth, Lord. The Father will pierce through the darkness. The Father will bring forth healing to people's lives, Lord. The Father will bring direction to places where people have lost hope and have lost direction, Lord. Father, just thank you. They've given us the ability to feed many. That we can multiply food. We can multiply spiritual food, Lord. We can multiply natural food, Lord. Father, let that be unlocked today. Let that be unlocked today. That we will walk in the signs and wonders that you absolutely planned for us. Before the foundation of the earth was ever laid. That you had these good plans for us to walk through, Lord. Let it be so in the name of Jesus. And we all said, Amen and Amen.